Greetings, darklings, from across the internet. It is I, once again, the Duchess Precious Ken. And with me as a change-up is... Hello, I am... <laughs> Kat Von May. <laughs> uh, Katie, another Sounds and Shadows <laughs> contributor, is here because Colin uh, is sick as hell and a bit of a piece of shit right now. So, um, we're going to go through, we're doing a special uh, Fast Fire podcast today, but I'm extremely excited to have an artist uh, of great pedigree that has done a lot um, in in this scene, worked with a lot of people, and just put out um, in 2019 one of uh, the my top records for Sounds and Shadows for the year, Curse Mackie. Uh, and we're going to talk a bit about his solo record, um, as well as tour that he has coming up. Curse, it's wonderful to have you here. How are you? I'm doing well. It, it's great. Um, this is almost like one of those days that doesn't actually occur in life because it's the leap year day. That's true. So this is like a bonus day. So I hope you're making the most of it. And I guess I could say we are because we're sitting together talking about music sure yeah uh yeah i didn't even think about that that we're kind of uh on an alternate uh timeline right now yeah, yeah. i like it <laughs> <laughs> hi katie hi so um i want to jump right in uh because okay. we want to talk as much as we can while we have time here so yep. why don't you start off tell me a little bit i mean you've worked with in the past uh evil mothers uh pig face i mean a lot of other artists but coming up you did this project that was a solo record just for you tell me a little bit about as an artist uh who you are and uh what you're excited about for this particular record why it was a big deal for you well the title kind of sum summarizes it in some ways uh, as uh, instant exorcism the creative process of getting this record out of my system to open a portal to the next phase of my life and creativity um, was was rather critical. So I'm just, it came out beyond my expectations in many ways because I started out making a different kind of record. And as the songs took on their own life and create their own meanings, it just kept developing in, in a way that, ex as I said, exceeded my own expectations and I challenged myself in new ways. So it was a, a very great record to make for me personally and, and the response has been really cool and it came at a time where i think the maybe like the two years before i started getting after it and get and doing the solo touring um which got me into making the record um i don't know probably had like that like the you know we all live on a sort of a, a a sine wave of life and you have ups and downs and, and the, the time leading up to the making of the record and me moving back to Austin, Texas, there was sort of like I had like maybe the, one of the darker phases of life and like stagnation in certain ways of, in my own mind and creativity and you get stuck and you're like, what the fuck am I living my life for? Where's this all going? Like, ugh, I don't have a band right now really. And there's turmoil. So to bring that all into focus, I just devoted myself to, to a one-man band type of project, and everything over the course of a few years came together, and definitely one year of solid record development and writing and recording, and then putting it all together and getting it out there. So it was a, a, a great thing for me. Yeah. That's a long way of saying that. Uh, when you were writing, because like working with other artists and having to put your input there maybe wasn't as personal. Did you feel like this was kind of like a diary entry for some of the songs that you put on the album? In certain ways. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there's, there's a lot of personal metaphor um, within the record that these are things that maybe only I will know what they reference. Maybe a few people will know what other things reference. And then from beyond that, where people that I have no personal relationship listen to my record, they may be taking entirely other things from it. But ultimately, it, it's sort of a um, 
it's sort of a mythical, fictionalized account of my spiritual journey in a very cut-up, collage, surrealistic form of writing is what Instant Exorcism is. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, when I first heard this record, that it, it sounded cathartic. I think that was just it. Like, when I heard it, it, it did feel very personal and that it was of self-discovery. And the other thing I, I say a lot is that I feel like one of the changes, there's this renaissance in goth and industrial and dark music um, that's happening right now, but you don't always, to me, get the, the lyrical impact uh, from late 70s, early 80s, post-punk. I, I think that's one of the biggest changes. The focus, I think, has gone a lot more towards uh, the sound and the music. And one of the things I fell in love with on yours is that it really has a literary quality. I always say to the lyrics that you have and the stories you're telling on this, you know, a lot of William Burroughs and, uh, you know, just the, the way it comes across, you know, has a lot of imagery to it. And that's one of the things I, I've always thought set apart in this record and has me coming back to it and listening to it. Um, excellent. Well, thank you for catching on to that. Um, I was I was very fortunate that, um, you know, while other um, parents were reading uh, Dr. Seuss to their children at night to go to bed, you know, my, my folks are reading me naked lunch. <laughs> Just kidding, but not really. <laughs> Calling so, out your rents there. No, I like it. That's proper parenting. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they read you the exterminator in a night because they had to because it has no punctuation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the first book they read me was Junkie, <laughs> an exterminator. Yeah, then they're like, okay, now he's ready for a naked lunch. <laughs> so, that's disturbing imagery, guys. We we went to a dark place already. That that's a, <laughs> sometimes that happens here. Um, yes. So. This was a chance, though, that, like you said, I mean, it was your solo record and your baby, but you did have, um, you know, to put it together, you had a few other people work with you on this. Who are some of the people that uh, helped you put this together? Um, yeah, fortunately, have a nice network of, of friends and collaborators that are equally and in many cases far more talented than I. But the core team on this record, um, my main partner, um, pretty much all of my productions at this point um, is uh, Chase Dobson. So uh, he's a longtime friend of mine, and we had been talking about working together for a long time. And he's very successful in his own right uh, in what he does, and he's a genius in my eyes. So um, after I had gotten maybe five or six songs into really good demo stages where a lot of those parts were finished, were parts that would go into final mixes, and I uh, started collaborating with Chase, and um, we really finished the record together. So he's, he's, he's definitely a partner in the creation and the co-producer of the record. Um, he... Um, um, what else? Yeah, so we're, we're working on more things together, um, including like working on which stuff we'll, we can get into in a little bit. Um, along with that, Charles Godfrey is an engineer and producer here in Austin, Texas, who owns a studio called Scary American. And Charles um, has engineered like several Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's records and explosion and Explosions in the Sky, as well as the new Trail of Dead. And uh, so he's a homie. And so he recorded, he engineered all of my vocals. So when I was ready to track my vocals here in Austin, Texas, I go to Charles' studio and we just jam it out. And that way I can just focus on my performance. And he's got a, a vast array of high quality microphones and preamps. We were doing really cool. I recorded all my live synths with him as well. And we were doing cool things by like running my synthesizer performances through like monstrous bass cabinets and then remiking the bass cabinet so that the synthesizers on the record are just like annihilatingly forceful at times when they need to be and just can can move you like a real cool bass cabinet bass guitar electric guitar could so that was some fun things um ronnie moorings from clan of zymox uh singer and guitar player songwriter of zymox played on my album was that all just just that, you know clan of zymox no that's... that was like uh that was just so great because that really made it what's on the opening tracks of merge and it just 
really made it come together. It was like that. I was like, ah, there's what's some what's missing, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And then like, ah, maybe Ronnie can that guitar. I, I hear it. I need that Zymox sounding guitar. So that was really cool that he did that for me. Um, Steven Siebold from Hate Department. And I love Steven. Just Steven's awesome. Just the coolest uh, human. <laughs> one of my best friends on the planet and um you know we've worked together for a long time many years in pig face which is where we really got to become friends and then um so he mastered the record and was a very good spiritual guide in a lot of ways throughout the whole process and very encouraging because he as a, as a best friend you know i think he kind of knew where i was coming from uh you know in like needing that exorcism and helping yeah. uh be you know be a witch doctor along the way um, you know he had a really good uh record too that he put out the solo uh, one the standalone record is i awesome. love that record i, oh, I think that was one of the records that i got you know from him mm. and i wrote a review for it six hours later like i listened mm. to it five times and immediately wrote about it i don't think i ever had a review i did like that before i would just had to get out what i thought about it immediately yeah, I've, I've played the standalone song "Takeover" in numerous DJ sets since it came out. I just, it's just sharp and pristine in a really cool, unique way. It lives up to the the name of the of the artist, and and so it's fucking awesome. Cool, glad you like that one. So Stephen was very helpful, and then uh, also my love Rona Rujart from the band Sign was also very supportive throughout the whole process. Had great ideas on some of the behind the scenes things as she was hearing songs being worked on uh, as well as she helped me pull together all of the artwork. You know, she, basically she did the sleeve design, packaging design for the record. So, and it's been helping me with merch designs and even uh, shot my video and directed that for, for the song somewhat possessed. So she's highly involved and travels with me when um, as much as possible when I'm out on these tours. So we're in a fortunate situation as a couple to get to work and create, collaborate and travel yeah. together for this. I always love to hear stories like that, where you really get a chance to kind of share art like that. And, and I mean, she's such a, a brilliant artist in her own right. And, and so when you kind of have that mutual respect um, and can get that feedback from someone you're in a relationship with, but at the same time has viewpoints that really, um, you know, are artistically valuable and yeah, th no, that's, that's outstanding and really cool to hear that you get that kind of impact and feedback from her. Yeah. That's like a real partnership, like a real teamwork, uh, look at it and stuff. Cause I feel cool. like it can be really hard to be like, uh, having those types of conversations about creative things with a partner sometimes when you don't see eye to eye, like. That's really cool. Yeah, most definitely. So, and, and, I, and I get to participate on the sign end of things and that creativity too, in, in, a, in a similar fashion. Like, I am not sign, she is sign, but I can help and influence and be supportive, and, and she can do the same for me. So, that makes us, you know, tenfold powerful versus like, hey, you know, in a, in a relationship where you may have one musician and then the other person like has to wake up at 8 a.m and doesn't come home until 6 30 p.m <laughs> I, I, i've you know i've had that too and i've found it does some ways it doesn't work so this is great because we don't really have to leave each other behind when right. it comes time to do the work which is called playing but it's <laughs> right. actually work and it's a job and it's and it can be a very hard underpaid one for people at times and they're creative journey and it can also be very gratifying it's not all about the money but of course we all must pay our bills and survive and want a quality of life that doesn't include constant suffering and wondering where the next check will come from That's so speaking of paying your bills um you have a very exciting tour coming up um and i want you to talk a little bit about that why you're stoked for this who you're getting to play with and some of the places that people our fans and listeners uh need to go check you out because your your live set i think is just one of those 
uh, that old school mentality of bringing the intensity and energy to give a different live performance than what you're seeing on the record to have something totally fresh. Um, so I, I highly recommend to everybody to see this, but talk to me a little bit about um, what this tour means for you and uh, where you're going to be. Right on. Well, to me, 2020 is just such an exciting year, like conceptually. It's like it's so futuristic and should be a nice, I mean, I wish everybody just to have a wonderful, creative, stress-free year. It seems like it isn't quite allowing that yet, but it, there's going to be a breakthrough. But for me, like, yes, it's like my year is kind of starting now because January was sort of just we were recording on another project and just sort of hibernating and February has been like the get your shit together a month and like, remember how to play a set and place, play these songs. I, this will be my first solo show since I played levitation fest uh, in Austin on like November 8th. And then the rest of the time was all of October, most of October, let's see, November was pig face tour. So this is like, I'm getting my head wrapped back around the next incarnation of the instant exorcism tour. So, but which starts next week, um, March 6th, Friday. Um, it may not be next week by the time you hear this. So I'll retract that statement, but on March 6th, Friday, um, uh, clan of Zymox, myself and the bellwether syndicate, as well as twin tribes, my fellow Texas, friends and label mates on negative gain will be hitting the west coast starting san diego and uh music box and then saturday the 7th at the chapel in san francisco which is going to be awesome that's where peter murphy did his residency i was really excited about that venue that show is sold out and then we go back to la to play part-time punks at the echoplex which to me is like the coolest curated um party in, in in la that my friend michael stock puts on so yeah i love um, all the part-time punk sessions that i hear yeah, it just gets such a, a cool retro like you know gritty vibe from mm -hmm. a different recording you don't hear from bands you love and i i've haven't heard a single one yet that i didn't fall in love with i they're all fantastic yeah, so I'm super excited about that. And Inspectors from Vancouver are also on that L.A. Oh, show. Nice. So it's a five-band night. Uh, That's practically a Bell festival. Syndicate, myself, Zymox, Twin Tribes, and Inspectors. So the, those are our West Coast dates. And then uh, Twin Tribes drops off. And then Zymox, Bellwether, and myself continue through uh, the 10th of March at Club Mesa, Club Red Mesa and Mesa phoenix area and then then we come back through texas for austin dallas houston at numbers which is going to be great that's like where i one of the coolest venues that was always like that's where ministry and skinny puppy and thrill kill cult and kmfdm would do like two night stands back in the heyday of that whole wax tracks era so it has a mystique to it um and then we go to new orleans memphis atlanta to hell which i've played several times in the last year it's another great venue and then after that zymox and bellwether continue off to florida but i have to fly back um, to austin where i live as well to play our south by southwest showcase for negative gain um, where I'll, I'll rejoin twin tribes as well as mr kitty and cultastic um dread risks panic priest um that that's it's, awesome. It's gonna be cool. You know, Negative Gain is one of those labels that I think are just so exciting and have such a wide variety of sounds kind of under their umbrella. And I I you know review a lot from them. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, just really exciting. Everybody, you're list uh, listening there. Um, so yeah, that that's on my list. I really want to get out and cover and see that festival one of these days. And you mentioned Austin quite a bit going back and forth here. Um, it, it's just such a neat town for a music, and in particular, the the dark music goth scene. It just seems like uh, it's yeah. such a, a crossroads where a lot of things are happening and a lot of bands I love coming out of. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, yeah, Austin and the scene there and why it seems to be so exciting and has become this nexus? Well, it's. I feel like it's always been that way, having you know, grown up here. Um, 
and I've moved away and I've lived in other cities, but I've always come back to Austin just because South Texas is where I was born. So it's just a natural gravitation. It's a magnet for my soul or whatever. But um, so you have ebbs and flows with genres, I guess, if you will, and sounds of the times. But Austin's just always really been super supportive of, of the dark side, if you will, of, of music. Um, in all forms and fashions that goes from things like the black angels who live here as well and are more on like the sort of dark esoteric psychedelic side of things and those guys are the catalyst behind the levitation fest here and um i don't know texas in general has just always been super supportive of dark weird electronic and other forms of weird music so from industrial dance music to the butthole surfers and everything in between you know that's why the wax tracks era all those bands from chicago they got treated so good when they came to texas for the first time that's why al jorgensen wanted to move to texas because it was the place to fucking be like everybody here was just rad and the shows were packed and people are just nuts must from the sun and the heat and i don't know but texas just has a style it's its own country in a lot of ways and i I, and austin is like the epicenter i think in a lot of the creative ways but also san antonio dallas and houston all these are all major metropolitan cities and they're all within like two hours two and a half hours of each other so for bands you can like play in front of you know go to cities with millions of people and do it all in a weekend really make a lot of friends and it's right in the middle of the country so it's 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 uh it's not an, i'm not saying this in an elitist way but it's a superior market in a lot of ways as a state and then the cities within themselves we can all find an audience yeah uh i love austin i feel like you could play multiple times in a week there and be playing to a different audience every night yeah i mean there's different ways of approaching it i don't play here like i live here but i don't I'm not acting like a local band and I'm not on that circuit. I play here as often, maybe a few times more than I play any other city in the U S but there are bands here that are on the streets hustling, playing, like you say, every week at a different venue in front of a different audience. And, and that's okay. That's a way, great way to cut this, a great city to cut your teeth on. And if you can survive in Austin, you have a shot at making it anywhere. Sure. Yeah. So I want to pop along here, and we're going to get to some of the the music that we're going to listen to. Um, and unlike you know some of the shows and podcasts that we do here, where we're talking about a lot of other bands, I want to focus on kind of some of the projects that you're doing right now and play a song off of um, your your new album. But let's start out with you just did a single with uh, Beauty and Chaos, and you did the vocals mm-hmm. for it. Um, tell me a little bit about how this song came together and why you were excited to work with them. Sure. Uh, so Michael Cirovalo is sort of the brain trust of, um, of Beauty and Chaos, and he had contacted me, I don't know, some months ago, last year, about singing on a song, and he sent me a track, and I, I didn't really... It caught me at a time where I was just super busy with I was getting ready to go out with my life with the Thrill Kill Cult for a large chunk of last year. And I just, there was no time to work on it. And by the time I got back to him, I'm like, oh, hey, did you, I'm sorry, do you want me to do that song? And uh, Wayne Hussey from the Mission UK had basically already taken it and done something with it, which is like, all right, cool. That's great. (laughs) Go for it. And then, um, but Michael came back to me with this other track. And then I loved that even more. And that became a kind cruelty. And, I just listened to it like in the morning one day having coffee. And then later on in the day, I was like started humming it again. And then I just quickly grabbed my microphone and pen and paper and just got after it and had a really good time creating this sort of expansive, again, you know, a bit of a surrealistic trip through the desert and the stars and um, finding a sort of a, I felt the song had a very uplifting kind of anthemic chorus vibe to it musically. So I just tried to tap into that. And I had in my notes had found this little, uh, in my notebook, this quote from PT Barnum about electricity. And then it was like, just put a little 
of it into your blood and will beat the world. So awesome. I sort of appropriated that because yeah. I also love the carnival and the circus and P.T. Barnum and human oddities and all of these unique things from back then, um, Americana. So um, it's almost like sampling that in working it, weaving it into the words that I was writing. And um, so then I went, uh, hooked up with Charles Godfrey, who I mentioned earlier, um, to record the vocals. And I sent the track to Michael and uh, those guys rocked it out in the studio. And I think it came out really, really good, like exceeded, again, my expectations. And I, I sometimes guess spot, guess when I am asked frequently to do something like that on, on a, a band that I'm not super, like, I haven't worked with them before. I get asked to sing on songs and it's like, well, do I need to write a words or just sing what you want me to sing? So sometimes those things like cause me anxiety and freak me out and I just tend to shy away from them. But sure. this one, this one just felt really good and it came together and Michael and I just had a really cool synergy that made it really comfortable for me. And then uh, I was traveling to Los Angeles, uh, Rona from sign and I were going to LA to record uh, for another project that we're working on together and um, had a day off. So we were able to shoot a video for a kind cruelty um, with, uh, with beauty and chaos. So we got a great little live performance fun video out of it. And everybody seems to be really liking it and it's yeah. getting tons of press coverage and, so that's cool. It's great yeah. timing for me, and I'm glad that uh, I was able to contribute something in a very positive way to Beauty and Chaos, because I think what Michael and everybody else that's involved, which is great to be involved in a project that, you know, from Al Jorgensen to uh, Simon Gallup of The Cure and Wayne from The Mission and Siebold from Hate Department Standalone is also involved, and uh, a number of other people that I, I know I'm not uh, able to give credit to have participated in that project. So it's, it's a really nice little collective to participate in for me. Felt good. You know, you really do seem to be kind of the patron saint of the super band. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you have it's so many of these you're involved in. Yeah. This song, I mean, it just has such a, a sleekness to it. And like you said, synergy where I really feel, although you're taking a lot of parts Everybody seems to be very much on the same page and it's seamless and the video has that aspect you talked about the the showmanship to it So let's give that a spin right now and let's uh, hear the new track beauty and chaos featuring curse Mackey a kind of cruelty
Okay, welcome back. That, what a just cool, interesting track. I love the vibe of it. I love the energy. And, and like you said, I mean, it kind of has an uplifting hook aspect to it, but the visuals and the lyrics that you're seeing definitely have that same dark feel. I might be dead, but I'm going to pop in again with the baseline. <laughs> oh my God, is, Colin's alive. I'm not, but the baseline is fucking fantastic and really driving. So that is thick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That great, definitely hooked me as well. Great sound there. So I'm done now. Yeah. It's super huge sounding. I love it. So Excellent. that is, that is a track that, um, you know, you, you did recently, but I want to go back in time a little bit and talk about, uh, instant exorcism and um touch on you know some songs that you had there uh why don't you tell me a little bit about process wise um what you your headspace was at when you were recording this i think you've touched on that a little bit here but what were some of the main themes that you really were trying to i don't know get out of yourself you know because again it felt like catharsis to expunge from yourself of what you were going through right well i i I, you explained it for me right there so there's no sense in me uh (laughs) trying to remember what you said but now you're correct so for me and then each each song is like an another cycle of that or peeling back another layer and then like how did i get into this spot within this particular piece of music and where is it taking me now um happens a lot there's usually like a an inspiration typically i start more with music than with words um and i think that happens for a lot of us that work within even in depeche mode that's often the case um that or skinny puppy like the lyrics tend to nine inch nails process tends to like the, the words tend to get put onto this audio sculpture last a lot of times that for like the most that. part audio that's sculpture. how it works for me i um i um start working usually it's like just grab a synthesizer and i might hear something in my head already that i'm starting to to work on and then i build up this track that's at least a skeleton of of rhythm and a, maybe a hint of melody or something and then i can start applying myself vocally to it and then i'm sure at some point that i'm like oh god where's where's this thing going and then you get struck by uh, just the right act a happy accident so to speak that might take you to another part in a song and then then that's kind of where i bring in chase dobson it's like okay i've gotten it this far and then we start breaking these parts down together and then ultimately finish the arrangement and finish the mix. So that's, that's how it goes just for each song and each within each one of those, there's various forms of torment, torture, elation, surprise, pain. (laughs) It's done. And then you just put it all in a sequence and package it up and then throw it out into the world. And then that's like where the, um, like when it was out and that was where the the full relief came for me from the creative side like okay that was like five years of worth of turmoil and whatever else i'm going through and lots of written words and piecing it all together and it's just like it's almost like you're sculpting for somebody it might be like i'm using bronze to create this big statue of david or something or hammering out some dragon out of iron you know whatever it is yeah. or or painting i i really like all the art metaphors that you're using because i think that's apt another thing i found very interesting um when you did this is kind of the diy aspects that you took to your merch and you know i know you did some special uh additions for this that that were kind of hand done pieces with the the packaging um can you talk a little bit about some uh that and you know the the art that you actually did that went along with um putting this music together because i think when you really look at them as a whole piece and blended together the uh visual and then the the music that goes with it i think that's kind of unique and really cool something that you've brought with this yeah most definitely it's funny because 
since I'm leaving on tour in a few days, like um, it's the chaos levels here at my cool molecule is the name of my studio. And like <laughs> HQ here is it's pandemonium. Like I have my studio up and running and we're programming lights and there's another room just has merchandise and posters and CDs everywhere. And then another section of my place, which is where I'm talking from now, which is funny because I'm just looking down at it and it's just a big pile of, uh, well, the product is called a Cursifix, but basically <laughs> yes. I just have a Cursifix. I'm literally sitting on a mound of like 20 half painted crucifixes and uh, piles of collage artwork and stuff I photoed copied and manipulated taken from the album artwork so I do yeah these limit one of a kind hand painted uh, crucifixes which seem to be really popular and it's kind of one of my coolest merchandise items yeah. I think that I've made and then I've got a uh, it's so unique that like I mean the way it works and that you as a fan get a chance to be in touch on that level of having something that is just there in yours in a way to yep. connect with that music you know yeah, I mean, completely one sound, of a kind. That, that sound is the um, the recycled pill bottle. Is that what that sound uh, was? Downloadable <laughs> and digestible formats of instant <laughs> exorcism. So that's like um, I just people start giving me all these um, uh, prescription pill bottles now, and then I I just decorate them and put the album artwork um, on a sticker and that's paint awesome. them up and. Uh, then it comes with like a pin and a download code and a sticker, you know, and each one is unique unto itself because all the bottles are different sizes and stuff. So I, I really like doing things like that. I think that it's just, like you said, it's, it's kind of more of a one of a, one of a kind thing. And so I think that creates a better bond in, in between like at the moment of exchange, like I love, standing it's one of my favorite things to do is other than playing the show is just going to the merch table and talking to everybody and it's, yeah i'm disappointed when i don't have if i'm so busy or or like things are running so fast that we don't get a chance to relax like sometimes it's like it may have been a seven hour drive before showing up to the venue like we had to do for example after the Halloween show with Thrill Kill Cult in South Carolina, we had a 369-mile drive to Jacksonville to play on November 1st. So it was like, fuck. Yeah. You know, eight hours of driving show up at, like, you know, doors are at 7, and I'm showing up at 545. Like, oh, fuck. You know, Thrill Kill's <laughs> just now finishing sound check. And then hurry, throw the stuff up on stage, set up the merch booth, hope to go try to get some food change clothes real fast and it's like all right now you're not, you're on at nine <laughs> yeah. and then you know by that time it's like you just end up with not a lot of time to talk to people so what i was getting at is that it's just really cool when we get to like look at art together or right. talk about the making of this particular uh curse fix that somebody really likes and just as we're having these stories right now these are the, to me that's one of the most uh most rewarding non-financial benefits of sure. touring is the fact that like you and I, we've gotten to talk in person at least yeah. for a minute and we've had a lot of time to chat online, but it's like that five minutes in person to me is it's as valuable to me as it might be to you. Um, it's, I think that's how it should work. So it's very symbiotic in, in a like, I think um, that's one of the yeah, I think that's one of the best, most interesting things that's happened. I was gonna, you know, kind of going along with this. I the world has changed. And I mean in terms of CDs, records, I mean, the way people get music has changed and the digital download is, you know, the way. But that's what you're missing and that's what you lose is that chance to get a I don't know, a thing you hold in your hand, you know? And I I love that you've done this as a way to get around that where if you get your music through a digital download, that's cool. And yeah. you know, people do that a lot, but this way you still have something to connect with. And you're right. Like, I think it's so meaningful too, that in a way that was never true in the past, people have the opportunity to connect with the artists that they love on a personal level. Um, and you know, online and it shows and things like that. So I, I think that's such a great part of, you know, people talk a lot about, back in the day dude when shit was so much better but but i think this is one of those aspects that gets overlooked that i think is an improvement you know in terms of the connection that fans have now 
uh, with the artists that they're listening to and they love? Sure. Uh, things evolve over time. So whether you know, back in the day is always going to exist and today we'll be back in the day tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> used to say what, what's better or worse. It's but like you never just deal back with in what the day. It, you can't control back in the day and, right. um, and bring it forward in a lot of ways. So like you say, yeah, there's new opportunities and, um, and that, and that's cool because it, it's the trade off. Like if you can get my music and own it in many ways for free and you have some access to me that you didn't in the past because, or any artist, not just me, that literally at the, all you got to do is essentially you don't have to send fan mail and hope you get a reply. You can send through messenger. You can just communicate direct. And, and so whilst people have more access to music for free, the trade-off is that due to the av availability to actually communicate back to the audience without having to send a letter to them and hope that then they mail order something, you know, we can, we can create commerce and, positive artistic energy together just right through various digital mediums so my music becomes more less expensive and easier to access but at the same time i might be able to you may be the person that comes along and it's like oh great i got that album for nothing all right, right. i've just been streaming it on spotify and you're earning nothing it's just like getting played on the radio but hey yeah. i'm gonna buy this shirt in the cd and or this weird little trinket painting that you made then right. i would have never had a chance to do that if we didn't communicate in the cloud first yeah no i i agree so sadly because i know you have so much to do to get ready uh for your tour we're gonna click along uh yeah. quicker than we usually do because i get this feeling you and i the same thing we could sit here and uh talk about music and everything for hours mm -hmm. and so i yep. want to get you back sometime soon to really do the full normal podcast but I want to spin <coughs> your track Submerged so we get a chance yep. to, to hear that. Um, so let's play that one right now um, to give people a taste of what they're hearing on Instant Exorcism. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, welcome back. I, so that was Submerged. That's one of my favorite tracks off this album that I play again and again. Um, and as you said, uh, had uh, the guitarist from Clan of Zymox uh, yeah, contributing. Ronnie Mooring, yeah, the founder of Clan of Zymox. Yeah. And plays guitar on that. It, it's just such a, I don't know, like intense, vibrating, crackling, electric song. And that bass sound is just so wide and expansive and, and thick. Um, I, I really think it's one of those that makes me think about, I don't know, things I've fought through and, uh, you know, demons I've, you know, fought with. And it's just one of those songs that I think is really easy as a listener and fan to have a personal connection where you hear a part of your own story while listening along to kind of the story you're telling on it. And I think that's one of the, I don't know, great parts about that track. Um, tell me a little bit about, yeah, what was, what was going on in your head in this one and, and what it meant to you. Yeah, that's, that's about right. I mean, it's the opening track on the album and in, in a lot of ways it is sort of like standing on the edge of a cliff together, like artist and listener and we have our hands like we're both like on edge so clinch hands and just jump off together and just plunge you know submerge we're going under now so like that like where are we going but we're we're going off this edge into the water together the water is just metaphorical for whatever that might be but where does that take us and the currents yeah. will lead us somewhere I, I really like that, and I like kind of what you're saying there that, I don't know, when, when you hear the song, I mean, we've all felt like we had to go up to that edge and maybe take that plunge in one challenge or another, but the idea of listening to this song that you're not alone doing it, that, that right. literally all of us have felt that moment at one point, and I think that's one of the biggest parts of that song is it gives that feeling of not being alone because literally this happens to everyone. It takes different lenses and different forms but that feeling happens to everybody exactly you don't have to have you don't have to be a religious person to have faith or like i'm gonna have to hold on to something i'm gonna have to give in and believe that the unknown if i allow myself to proceed may reveal itself in positive beautiful ways it may be scary but maybe there's a happy ending after all so other sort of other than the tour um, coming up, I know you you talked about Pigface and and what might be coming up for that. Do you have anything else that you want everybody to be excited for in 2020? Whether it's solo releases or anything else that you're doing that we have to look forward to to hear you in uh, for music. Sure. Well, uh, definitely. Um, there's a project called Cellar Graves that uh, Chase Dobson, um, which a lot of that material was almost going to wind up in my record but at the end of the day it was viewed that it was better for chase's instrumental project um and so just since he worked so closely with me and we he and i actually just did uh a, a tear garden cover of the center bullet um oh, wow. for a legendary pink dots tear garden tribute and uh, and kevin key said it was awesome so we were very happy with that. Um, so that's something cool to check out. But another project that I've been really been working on heavily right now is uh, uh, co-producing the new sign material yeah. uh, with, with Rona Ruchart. And so we've worked on several tracks together, one of which the most recent is called Control. That's her latest single. Yeah. And then there's a new song coming out soon that features, uh, I guess, one of the 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 upper echelon vocalist in industrial uh, alternative electronic scene, definitely from the Wax Tracks uh, family that's going to participate. Um, but that's a surpri surprise for a sign to reveal soon. But suffice to say, I think it's like some of the freshest, coolest, like heavy duty beats and that's awesome very good very clubby but also like very dark and fashionable at the same time which all those things obviously go together well so it's definitely going to take a sign to the next level which is exciting to see so yeah there's just a lot of great stuff going on and, and so cool to see uh, so many of my friends 
out there, um, people that you've already covered um, and that we've mentioned throughout the show out there doing exciting things and how, how lucky we are that at least we can do this and communicate and hopefully teach each other ways to succeed and, and build each other up and as opposed to trying to compete against each other. I, I think that's happens. the other big change. You know, we talked about the ability, you know, online now to connect with fans, but let's face it, also to connect with each other, right? In the ways that you're just saying that I see more remixes, collaborations that, that I've ever seen before in terms of, you know, people just having this capacity to get together, drop something into, you know, a saved file, send it off and across ponds, you know, work with each other and make these exciting collaborations happen. Um, when you were, you know, talking about uh, Sign 2 and Ron, it really is like her music is just so exciting and so chic. And I, I was telling <laughs> both college, yeah, and Katie, I was like, every time I hear this, it's kind of like the same thing with Hante. I hear it and I just think to myself, here is a person who is just way too effing cool to like, that I would hang out with. Like I picture when I list these songs, like these are people that are going to, you know, fashion shows and exciting after party. But like, it, and I know it might not be that way personally, but just when I hear the music, the level of dark, cool chicness that just reverberates off of it. I'm always captured by that when I hear her. Yeah. Rona's got like a very unique individual style. It's almost in a way like not to mimic um, this person, but like in a very Grace Jones kind of way, yeah. who was dark in fashion and presence, and the music was definitely fashionistic and chic, which is a great word, um, alluring and mysterious, um, and transcended just being like alternative rock. It's like yeah, it yeah. goes into it goes into theater art. Uh, high fashion and very cool conceptual stuff too. So I, I really like that. And I think that's why it's, you know, I gravitate towards her both as a person. And I then also had the enjoyment of liking the music she makes. So that's I actually have a, really a Grace cool. Jones uh, as a angel with a sickle tattoo on my arm. You know, that's All how right. much I'm into Grace Jones. So. <laughs> Excellent. I'll have to see that. Um, well, great. Well, that's, all a very crepuscular, wonderful situation we find ourselves in. <laughs> so, um, I, I thank you so much, Curse, for talking with us. Like I said, I'd really love to have you back and do our standard format and yeah, let's listen to everything that you're doing, but I'm excited for this tour. I can't wait to see updates on it. Everyone that gets a chance that's in these cities on the West Coast and the South, because sadly you're not coming to the Midwest on this one. Um, but... You will soon, and everyone should look forward to seeing this. And really, truly, everyone, if you haven't, you need to experience Instant Exorcism. This is just a very intense personal record I can't recommend enough. Um, get out, download that, hear it, um, and I look forward to the releases you have coming for in the future. Excellent. I look forward to uh, seeing you all again in person soon. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, let's plan to chat again in a, uh, a few months or so because there will be lots of dirt from the road to divulge <laughs> by then. I always love a good exclusive <laughs> dirt. Yeah. That's right. I love sipping on some tea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Will you uh, enjoy, pack up, and uh, have fun on the tour, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good one. All right. Thank keep you, everybody, dark. for listening. Keep up, And you guys keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Thank you. Bye-bye.